After a quiet first few months of the year, we're starting to see the product pipeline heat up. Microsoft, Roku, TCL, and Sony all released new gadgets this week. And we've got Apple and Samsung events in the coming weeks. Let's break it all down for you. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Here, run through everything, is our PC and gaming expert, Dan Ackerman. Welcome, Dan. Hey there. So let's dive into the big two first. Apple is holding its event next week. What are we expecting? I think at this point with Apple, you're probably looking at the next versions of the Macs that they are transitioning to use that M1 chip. Remember back in the winter, we had the MacBook Air, the 13-inch Pro, and the Mac Mini. My gut tells me an iMac with an M1, but the other option is also that 16-inch MacBook Pro. I figured you could go either way on those. And of course, people have always been talking about this spring event as being the next iPad Pro, which could get an M1 chip or something similar to it as they continue that sort of weird mind meld between the tablet side and the computer side. That's an interesting suggestion. Do you think that they start converging them further or you think they'll they'll keep them separate? They'll still have some sort of A chip processor for the iPad Pro. I think the chips are going to become increasingly similar, even if they use different letters for them, the A whatever in the iPad Pro and the M, whatever, in the Macs. They they may have different nomenclature, but they're essentially doing the same thing as the apps written natively for those platforms become more and more similar. Philosophically, however, I, it feels like Apple's business model still relies on keeping these two things separate uh, to the point where they have the ad with the kid using an iPad and someone says, what computer do you have? And the kid goes, what's a computer? And that's more fanciful thinking on their part than reality. People think of their iPads you know, as computers. Frankly, people think of their phones as, as computers now. Uh, I spend a good deal of, of several days a week probably working exclusively from a phone, uh, getting the same stuff done I would normally do sitting at a computer. We're not there yet, but I think the iPad Pro comes very close to that if you have the right kind of keyboard and touchpad combo. And, and frankly, the latest, uh, the latest MacBooks feel very much like the iPad version of that because they are becoming much more, I think, mobile-centric in terms of their native apps. Right. That said, to your point about Apple trying to keep these products separate, I think obviously it comes down to a business reason, right? Why sell just an iPad or Mac when you can sell someone both? And you use your iPad sometimes, you use your Mac sometimes. That's why Macs don't have touchscreens, even though even the cheapest Windows laptops have touchscreens now because they are, yeah, you want touchscreen, you go buy this product over here also. And you know what? I've got an iPad sitting here and I've got a Mac sitting over there. So it's obviously worked on me because I've got both. Well, Beyond Apple, uh, the following week, we've got a Samsung Unpacked event. Any any guesses on what we'll see there? Yeah, you know, we've already seen a bunch of leaks uh, for, for laptops. You know, Samsung is always the first name you think of when it comes to PCs, but they've actually made some very nice ones over the years, and they've made a lot of inroads into Chromebooks over the last two years, I'd say 2020 and into 2021, they have done a very good job of pushing premium Chromebooks, which may seem like a bit of an oxymoron, but people want, if you're going to spend, you know, five, to me, having looked at this for many years, and we are next month in April is the 10th anniversary of the Chromebook. The very first Chromebooks were announced in April 10 years ago. Um, 
I would think of $500 as being really expensive for a Chromebook, but really cheap for a Windows laptop. And I think that we're resetting those expectations now where Samsung can sell you a $500 Chromebook, but it's still a pre pretty premium looking and feeling product. Whereas if you spend $500 on a Windows laptop, you're probably going to get something that's going to look and feel pretty junky. But since everyone can get away with using Chromebooks for almost everything, seems like a better idea to me. And I think Samsung got out in front of this a year before a lot of other people did. Those, those red colored, uh, you know, aluminum uh, finished Chromebooks that look really nice and they're not super expensive. I, you know, I think that's a winner. I, as to what they're going to have uh, later this month specifically, uh, I think they'll probably take some of those design ideas and maybe move them into other products. Great. Well, why don't we move on? Because there, there are a number of products that were released this week I want to talk about. Mostly, well, you've, you've got some time with Microsoft's latest. They've got a new Surface laptop. Talk a little bit about that. You know, the Microsoft Surface line, it's one of those things that has remained surprisingly popular in terms of readers. I don't know a ton of people who have a Surface, but people certainly like reading about them. And the Surface Pro has always been the flagship. That's the Windows tablet with the keyboard that magnetically snaps on. And okay, it's perfectly fine as a Windows tablet if you want one of those. Uh, I don't think many people do. But the Surface Laptop has always kind of been the secret weapon of that line. Uh, I think it started in 2017. It was just a slim 13-inch laptop, very well made, uh, not radically better or different than others. But it had two it had two things about it to re that really stood out. Number one, a lot of the models came with this weird sort of fabric cover on, on the actual wrist rest uh, made of this Alcantara fabric that they love talking about. That's really the sort of flocked artificial fabric they used to put on boats in the 70s. Uh, and you wouldn't think it works, but it actually kind of does. And it's a good point of differentiation. But much, much, much more important than that, they were often on sale. And you would go to the Microsoft Store website several times during the year, and you'd get really good deals on Surface laptops. I did right before they announced the new one, the Surface Laptop 4. You could go on there and get a 13-inch Surface Laptop 3 with a Core i5 processor, you know, perfectly decent configuration for like $769, uh, which I thought was, you know, a really good buy. And they do that around holiday times too. Uh, this year for the Surface Laptop 4, again, they have a 13-inch model, a 15-inch model. I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a lot of anything new in it. It's basically processor upgrades and more AMD options versus Intel options that they've had before. It's, I think it's about 50-50. And they claim that you get better battery life with the AMD models, which is not something you always hear. Yeah, there's clearly been a lot of PC news the last couple of weeks and really the next couple of weeks with Apple and Samsung, potentially. Uh, but it was also a busy week with phones. We saw Sony and TCL each announce several phones. Sony with these phones that actually have variable zoom lens, which uh, the Xperia line has not exactly been the most popular one, but definitely noteworthy just because this is sort of a seemingly a step up with, with camera technology on phones. And then with TCL, not exactly a well-known brand, really known for its budget phones. There was the uh, the debut of the TCL 20 Pro 5G. Overall, Dan, I'm just curious, are we expecting uh, a much busier next couple of months when it comes to product launches? Something similar to what we've seen this, this week in the, the coming weeks? Yeah, springtime is always a big launch cycle for companies. A lot of them get caught in what I call the, the trap of the annual upgrade cycle, where you have to have a new product in a line every year. And that's why you have 
you know, a Galaxy every you know year at the same time. You have an iPhone every year at the same time. You have a MacBook every year at the same time. Phones with interesting and unique features, you know, I there may be some entry point there. So far, we're stuck. You know, we've been trapped in the same Apple versus Samsung. You know, I don't know what percentage of the U.S. market that is, but I assume it's ninety percent. You probably know better than me. Uh, if somebody has a really unique feature, maybe there's a chance to break through because I use my phones for photo and video all the time right now. And if somebody gave me a phone with just a radically better camera, uh, better zoom, better autofocus, better smart stuff in it to do the professional work that I do, kind of a pro level phone, I think there's an interesting entry point for that. Uh, but also to your earlier point, you know, springtime is where we start thinking about, frankly, it's when we start thinking about back to school. Uh, when you look at back to school sales, uh, where people move a lot of tech merchandise, the sales are all done by July 4th, really. If you don't have your stuff nailed down by then, August is not back to school season. You're already starting to think about holiday season then. Uh, that's a good point. And uh, speaking of the seasons and the cycles, there's been a lot of talk about the chip shortage that's been affecting supplies everywhere. I don't know if you could just sort of give us quick breakdown on what's going on and whether or not that's having an impact on when we're seeing some of these product launches. Oh, it's totally had an impact. Not Now, I, I don't know of a product that has been had its launch delayed specifically because of this, but I have seen many, many examples of product shortages where there's not the availability to actually purchase uh, because of because of chip shortages, and that goes all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, and and uh, you know we're seeing the ripple of a slowdown that happened in in manufacturing and in freighting. I mean the the uh, the Suez Canal incident a few weeks ago pointed out for people just how delicate that that international you know water based shipping system is. Now I'm somebody who is actually had products manufactured in China and freighted on cargo ships around the world. I, I've done everything. I've dealt with all the, the customs and duties and the freighting companies. It is an extremely fragile machinery. So number one, the pandemic messed with a ton of that. And it will, it's going to take many, many, many more months to catch up, even if, even if chip yields, even if production ramps up. You're not going to be, you know, that's not helping the PlayStation 5 get on more shelves. I was kind of, I was scandalized, but not shocked when much earlier in the year, uh, people from Microsoft said, uh, yeah, you're not going to see more game consoles. Uh, you're not going to see the supply loosen up until like summer. And I'm like, it's January. Are you really that negative on this? But it, they're actually correct because of the timeframes involved. We're used to everything happening instantly. You put something on a, on a cargo ship in a boat, you're not going to see it again for six weeks if you're lucky. Right, right. And obviously with the Suez Canal mix up that for a lot of folks that, that delayed things even further. We saw, I mean, we, we wrote a story about delays in boba. Oh yeah, there's a there's a there's a boba shortage, so it's really affected everything out there. Oh, it's 100. percent And then with the with the manufacturing problems in in China due to uh, coronavirus, even though that was a year ago, the companies and the everyone from the factories to the freighting companies could then pick and choose who they wanted to do business with and go for higher bids on things, and that drove up prices for everybody because the availability to manufacture and to ship was constrained. Yeah, there's an interesting story with the automakers. You know, when when the pandemic began, they actually reduced their orders thinking that there would be obviously a, a, a decrease in demand. Demand picked up and they couldn't get those orders back because those companies moved their supply of chips to other customers. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting how fragile. There's a really good 
description, fragile this whole network is and how it could break down really easily. Uh, well, hopefully that means we do get supplies of next-gen consoles returning to us by summer because I still don't have an Xbox or a PS5 and I wouldn't mind one. Well, Dan, thanks for your time. Thanks for breaking down this very busy couple of weeks that we've got ahead of us. Check out all of our product launch coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>